Howdy, folks. It's time again for another edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast, the show where we talk transportation. Really, we talk about anything that has to do with transportation, no matter if it's in the air, on the land, or on the sea. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, not the boat anchor. It's the ABC TV affiliate in Denver, Colorado. My name is Jason Luber. The Denver 7 would be an excellent name for a boat. I'm pedestrian advocate Joseph Peters. We do a lot of cruise ship stories, not a lot of regular old sailing stories. Maybe that's a business we should be getting into. Reminds me of the picture that uh, Shaquille O'Neal sent out. Uh, He was sitting in front of his new yacht, and he was asking people on Twitter or wherever for uh, uh, names, name suggestions. I'm sure that went well. And somebody suggested the free throw because he could never sink one. That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> no, it would never, the boat would never sink. All right, so not news, Joseph, not news. Woman arrested for DUI. Uh, but this story gets better as the tow truck driver who came to impound the woman's car was also arrested for DUI. Yay. Oh, no. <laughs> nice work, sir. Oh, yeah. Bo. Dateline, Hyannis, Massachusetts, uh-huh. where Mass State Police say 51-year-old Patricia O'Donnell uh, had been stopped by a trooper and arrested for drunk, uh, drunken driving. Then 25-year-old Brandon Fenton, he was dispatched by the towing company to pick, her, uh, pick up her vehicle. Well, he, too, was also arrested for drunken driving after a newspaper reporter who was heading to somewhere told police, maybe even to that scene, that he saw the tow truck swerve all over the white center lines and right off the right side of the road, almost hitting a pole. That is about the funniest thing I've ever heard. Isn't that great? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, like, so this must have happened early in the morning, right? Yeah. So the the tow truck's already a couple under. Yes. The driver. And and then he gets the call, and he's like, well, I can't say no. I'm on call. Exactly. And then the bad driving was recorded, even worse, by the uh, dash cam in the reporter's car. That journalist is very talented. And then he showed that to the police, and they made said arrest after a sobriety test of the tow truck driver. Was the second tow truck driver okay? Do you have to call in two tr- tow trucks? I guess for that, you right? would have because you would have had to get another. Well, I guess two more because you have to get the original car and then also the tow truck. Maybe the tow truck that takes the tow truck is also big enough for the car. Like they put the tow truck on the bed and then they just carry the car with it. So usually police have to go find a DUI. They don't it's DUI not just don't come traps. to them exactly. And that, and there you go. Well, in a follow-up story to uh, a story we brought to you last week, we were the first here on the Driving You Crazy podcast to tell you about the dangers of the In My Feelings Challenge, based on the Drake song where some people are stepping out of their moving cars and doing a dance, but many are falling down, others are getting hit by other cars, running into poles, getting run over, whatever. Are we really taking credit for being the first ones to tell people about it? Yes, we are. Okay. We are being the first because now I saw even on the national news today, the the Today Show Today had this as the epidemic, and we did this a week ago. It's true. We are uh, pioneers. We are pioneers. I'm telling you. Didn't I tell you that this was going to be a problem? I don't see what the problem is. I think we talked about this last week. It's kids being kids. Well, yeah, sure it is. I saw one kid being interviewed this morning who was like, you know what? Yeah, this is just kids being kids. I'm, I'm bound to make mistakes. Good for him. Make more mistakes, kids. But now they're calling it the Kiki Challenge. Well, yeah, because Kiki is the first. You've heard the song, right? Yes. Yeah. Kiki, do you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can you continue the song? It's a, it's we a, can't uh, play it because of ASCAP BMI issues. Right. It's a theater of the mind, folks. Imagine. Uh, some are calling it the Shiggy Challenge. Yes. Um, I'm not calling it any of those. I'm just calling it dumb. Mm. No. Anyway. Uh, now police from all around the world and even here in the United States are, as we told you last week, now, now they're definitely telling people just to cut out, cut out the madness. Just stop it. So we're not going to do one of these videos. No. Why not? Uh, that would probably be bad for me. If I was just the passenger, right? We can just do a lap around Wash Park. No big deal. Now I, I probably could pull it off. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm off. able to do it. It's that's what that's what's getting lost in all this. It's like this is not a. I'm not trying to condone the in my feelings challenge, but this is also not a hard thing to do. The National Transportation Safety Board issued their official statement, urging people to stop, saying jumping into lanes of traffic to show your dance moves is foolish. When, Jason? Yes. When in any of these videos has somebody jumped into an active lane of traffic? Well, there was one kid I saw the video. And his idea was he was he got out of his car and he was doing the dance and then he had his buddy driving the other way and he was supposed to come in slowly so the kid could jump from the road onto the hood of the car the kid. and then do the dance. But instead, the guy that was driving the extra car came in a little bit too hot. 15 miles an hour, right? And ran him over. Yeah, I saw this story. <laughs> the first kid was like, I didn't know how fast 15 miles an hour was. What? <laughs> Darwin. So one person has driven it in next to a controlled lane of traffic and just But no, there I've seen other videos where people are getting either run over. There was some woman, uh some girl, I think she was 18, 19 years old, she fell over, knocked her head into the pavement and cracked her skull. I mean, she could have done that just walking though. She could have, but she didn't. Mm. She did it doing this. Fake news. <laughs> Tell that to her head injury. Yep. Uh so the challenge has become so popular in Egypt, apparently, that the country's interior minister there says you can do the dance for fun in a safe environment, but if you do it on the road and cause a traffic jam, you could get hit with a $167 summons and possibly one year in jail. This was not necessarily the crackdown I was envisioning from our friends in Egypt. Yeah, I don't think, but a, a year in, in an Egyptian jail. Not good. Probably can't be a good time. Not good. I, I don't think it would come to that, but it wouldn't be fun, I, I don't think. Um, in Abu Dhabi, three social media influencers were arrested after posting a video of themselves doing this challenge. Abu Dhabi. Yes. Isn't that where Garfield got sent in every episode of that show? I don't know. Mm. Don't remember. Not a big cat person. Um, they were apparently arrested on the grounds that their dancing endangered the lives of others and offended the public morales. Get out of here. So there you go. Let's all ban Drake. Resume your normal routine, people. Hashtag and no more Drake. Remember to do your Drake safely. <laughs> Keep your Drake where you could do it safely. Yes. Also, uh, last week, we talked about the supersizing of vehicles and the shrinking of parking spaces. Well, this week, I get an email from the toll road, E-470. Toll road out to the east side of Metro Denver. And it starts out this way. Dear valued customer, that would be me, make your summer travel easier with E-470's new airport parking partner, Fine Airport Parking. They are a brand new facility at DIA that provides valet, indoor, and outdoor parking with angled spots that measure eight inches wider than other facilities. Fine also enhances the customer experience with free roses, drinks, and popcorn. Start your Nick trip off right with Fine Airport Parking. Click here for parking coupons. Oh. 
Now, the one sentence, uh, not the one about the free roses, um, because that's the last thing I would need on the way to the airport is actually to hold a free rose. Seriously. It's romantic, though. But why would I need a free rose when I'm trying to go carry my, my, my luggage and my kids into the airport? And what, what am I going to do with that flower when I'm on the plane or going to wherever I'm going? It's anyway. Maybe it's for your wife for putting up with this attitude <laughs> as you're going to the airport. The sentence that uh, piqued my interest was the one where it said parking spaces are eight inches wider than other lots. Um, because we were just talking about how the cars are getting bigger and the, uh-huh. and the, and the lots are not mm-hmm. getting bigger. And so that's what I love about a free market economy right there. They see a competitive advantage to having larger parking spots. To accommodate larger vehicles that we're driving now. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is a competitive advantage and they see more business with uh, larger card customers. Interesting. It's a very interesting approach. We'll see how it goes. It's certainly taking up a lot more space. And I think they, um, yeah, it does take up more space, obviously. So they have fewer spaces because they have more space for each car. Or they just buy more land and burn it on parking. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of available land out there. That is true. Lots and lots of available land. They okay. could turn it into bike lanes. <laughs> yeah. So a man who lives in Alberta, Canada, he wanted a brand new car, a Chevrolet Cruze. Everybody dreams of a brand new Chevrolet Cruze, don't they? He wanted all the trimmings on his new Cruze. He only wanted to be identified as David here to keep his identity confidential because what? of the potential repercussions of this story. Of wanting a Chevrolet Cruze? No. Okay. But that that probably is a added bonus. <laughs> That's also something you want to remain anonymous about. Now, David is in his early 20s, and as we all know, the rates for car insurance for men, especially under 25, is much higher than it is for women. That's why typically you can't even rent a car until you're 25. David knew his insurance costs would be so high that he, instead of paying those high costs, decided that he was going to become a woman, although only on paper. So David said he decided to take advantage of a loophole in Canadian law to save money on the car insurance. It all started when an insurance company gave David a quote, roughly $4,500 a year, which seems like highway robbery to me, if he bought that new Chevrolet Cruze. He had a collision and a ticket or two on his record. That helped, obviously, boost the premium. Then he had an idea. He asked the insurer what his cost would be if he were a woman, same age. He was told his annual bill would sink to roughly $3,400, an $1,100 difference between being a man and being a woman. So David said he was pretty angry about all of that, and he didn't feel like getting screwed over anymore. So he asked the insurance agents to uh, change his gender on the auto policy, but the agent said she could not do that. David said he learned he first had to change his gender on his birth certificate and driver's license before he could have it reflected on his insurance policy to get that cheaper rate. So after doing some research, he realized all he needed really to do was to go to a doctor, get a doctor's note to show the government that he now identifies, instead of a man, as a woman. Even though he really doesn't identify as a woman, he's really doing it just for the insurance benefit. He said it was pretty simple, and he just basically asked for it from the doctor that he identified as a woman, and bam, he had a note in his hands moments later. That really? Yep. Really? 
Yes. And that's enough to go get your birth certificate changed. That's it. I once got into Canada by writing a note that said I had my mother's permission when I was 16 years old. And that worked. But I put a phone number on there and they contacted that phone number. Well, just in the last month, the Canadian government actually dropped this doctor's note requirement altogether. So you don't even have to go to the doctor now to change your gender. So identity. I just show up at the DMV and I say, eh, I'm a woman now. Well, I get, or the wherever, yeah, to go get your birth certificate wow. changed. So he shipped all his paperwork and the note to the government. A few weeks later, he received a new birth certificate in the mail indicating that he was a woman. And then with that new birth certificate in hand, he changed his driver's license and insurance policy to be a female driver, all to save about $91 a month on his car insurance. That $91 a month adds up to about $1,100 a year. That's a lot of money. I mean, now David said he's aware the methods he used to become a woman on paper are designed for Canadians who who want to correct the gender marker on their identification to reflect who they really are. Right. For people where this is a much more complicated decision than I would like a lower price on my car insurance. Exactly. But he says his target was the insurance industry, not the gender diverse community. Because there are people that are actually blasting him from that community for should. doing this because it is bringing a negative light on what their situation is. I think they do have a fair point. I think it's important for us to actually like touch on the fact that this is disrespectful to those people who do ha- did take that decision very seriously and it wasn't just a flippant thing. And they feel like that system shouldn't be abused by people for whom it is a flippant thing. No matter what the point is they're trying to prove. Because it's not just Canada, United States, we do the same thing. But in the Europe, uh, European Union, they have ruled that the insurance industry's long standard practice of charging different rates for men and women is, constitutes uh, discrimination. And they say that you have to remove all gender consideration from auto quotes. Um, life quotes, medical insurance premiums. I think they should give you a psychological exam, and they should also put a dash cam in your car for one week and then make the decision on how much to charge you for car insurance. Now when he gets to, let's say, 25, 26, let's say when his rates start going down, when his tickets come off his record, when it's long enough where that collision doesn't really affect his rates anymore, does he, is he going to go flip back to be a man? Can you do that? Uh, why not? Why can't you go back and forth, back and forth? Like you're changing the deductible on your on your auto insurance rate. Like if you are in around this area, some people like to lower their deductible uh, during the spring months because there is so much hail around here. Mm-hmm. And then raise the deductible to get cheaper insurance rates during the summer and fall and winter months when... There are the, when there's no hailstorms. Interesting. I did not know that was a thing. Um, we wouldn't wouldn't he then have higher health insurance though in Canada as a woman compared to a man? Because don't women typically pay higher health insurance premiums? Let's be honest. I don't think this was a very detailed plan. Beyond no. I'm going to get cheaper car insurance. Because uh, I wonder what other kind of problems he might have going forward with this can i be honest with you yeah hopefully a lot of problems (laughs) hopefully this makes his life very difficult for making this decision so recklessly because i identify with at least his frustration of paying too much money for the car insurance between a man and a woman um so i was working for eddie bauer years and years and years ago and i used to work in the stock room used to get hot and we as guys were required to wear jeans yep okay well, the women were able to wear skirts. 
and I didn't think it was fair that we had to wear jeans and they, they could wear a, a skirt, basically, that was the same as, as, as shorts. So one day, what I did is, is that Eddie Bauer used to sell this, this thing called a skort. It's actually shorts, but looks like, like shorts underneath, but it looks like a, sh- a skirt on the outside. Okay. And, and I found out that, one, I'm a big girl. Yep. Size eighteen twenty somewhere Sounds about in there. right. Yep. And and so and <laughs> so too. And I found that they were quite liberating and quite comfortable. Well, so I go. wore the skorts one day, um, and the general manager was not pleased with me. But that was my protest, if you will, uh, against this policy where the guys had to wear the um, the jeans and the girls could wear the the skirts. Well, I I admire your rebellion. It was also just a way for me to be a goofball. Yes, absolutely. And it didn't really go anywhere because the GM really was a little bit torqued off at me. I was going to say, she how was long torqued was that off last? at me for a lot of different things, and she would always say that I was wasting time. I was just too efficient for her and her needs. Mm. This is what last week. This. <laughs> it was one of the best jobs I ever had. I believe that as the stockroom shipping manager of the Eddie Bauer in Park Meadows Retail Resort. Ooh. That whole store is now completely changed. It used to be two floors. Had a home store, AKA store. I mean, they had all kinds of stuff. And now, the shell of its former self. Mm. Eddie Bauer down the tubes. Down the tubes. Uh, coming up, one city raised the rates of their parking fines, and surprise, surprise, they're writing more tickets. Where and why? As the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. She reads every letter on that sign. When I try to look into my baby's eyes, her wandering eyes never set on mine. Wandering eyes, do you love me with your cold, blank stare? She's got eyes in the got to me. I'm Jason Grenauer, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. I love the morning team. I love watching you, and I love watching Lisa and and Mitch and everyone. I think you guys, honestly, and I'm not just saying this standing in front of you here, you guys have a great connection, and you make me laugh. That is the most important thing. Like, I was here a few weeks in, and when you guys did the May the 4th Be With You, I was so proud to be a part of this newsroom because I was like, that is so awesome because I have such a weird sense of humor and just love laughing that that made me laugh. And I was just so proud of that. Connor Wist, only on Denver 7. The craziest thing that happens on a morning show is unfortunately not during the morning show. It's typically during the commercial breaks. There's a lot that goes on. We wake up really early in the morning. And so we're always a little bit tired, a little bit off our rocker at times. So unfortunately, you don't get to see it. We see it. Lisa Hidalgo, only on Denver 7. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. By the way, happy birthday to Colorado. Our fair state is 142 years old today. You don't look a year over 100. This song is beautiful, man. Who is this? Um, Called the Black Tapes, I guess. They deserve more airplay. I'll tell you what. Well, you can't play the real Happy Birthday song because of other issues. Right. This is the free version of Happy Birthday. But seriously, Black Tapes. I'd be happy to be your manager. There you go. Call me. How's this for a headline? 
giant seven-foot syrup jug and cheese blocks pop up in the Vermont airport. <laughs> Not surprising, given that it's the state of Vermont. The Burlington International Airport is displaying the gigantic syrup to remind travelers that they can buy all the syrup they would like online so they don't get it confiscated by the TSA when they're trying to go home with delicious Vermont maple syrup. Look, you got to get the Vermont maple syrup. You cannot be eating Canadian or upstate New York syrup. I don't think the TSA would confiscate your cheese unless maybe it was a very soft cheese mm. that would, I guess, fall under the gel category. I see. Right? I see. Yeah, that would make sense. Could some soft cheeses fall into the gel category? Here, here's how seriously Vermont takes its maple syrup. The baseball team will be temporarily renamed the Maple Kings. Their logo, a dancing maple jug holding a maple tap. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how much they love the maple syrup. It's a little excessive. Growing up in Michigan, we had a huge maple tree in the front yard. We used to tap the maple tree, get the sap boil the sap, make the syrup, it wasn't worth it. The Luber family maple kingdom died a slow death. They did say, though, that if the seven-foot jug of syrup was full of delicious Vermont maple syrup, it would be about 150 gallons and be worth about $10,500. Well, there you go. The cheese, I'm sure, because cheese is much more expensive, um, at today's prices might be $47,000. Wow. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh, but oh. I'm a fan of the Tillamook. I like the Oregon Tillamook cheese. So you got to try that Vermont Cabot, man. I don't know. We went to, to Tillamook when we were in Oregon. My wife and I went to Till, went right there to the Tillamook deal. They had all the ice cream and cheese you could ever want. Well, there you go. Did they show you where they cut the cheese? Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I tried. Well, guess what? Did you know that we single-handedly helped Seth Rogen become the official voice of the Vancouver Transit System. Excellent. We did. If you don't believe me, just listen. Uh, any opportunity to enrich the lives of the Canadian people is an opportunity I will take. <laughs> I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm very proud to be from Vancouver, and I grew up taking public transit my whole life, and I still use public transit when I'm in the city. Hey, Vancouver, it's Seth. Here's a tip to make your transit ride even more awesome. I know your bag is probably very nice and you care deeply for it, but that doesn't mean it needs its own seat. I do take the Canada line all the time. I go to the Richmond Night Market a lot, and parking there is incredibly difficult. And I live downtown, and so uh, there's a lot of stops nearby. When the opportunity came up to uh, be a voice on public transportation, I was, I was thrilled. I am honestly always looking for ways to participate in... Canadian culture and to put the spotlight on Canada. I, I mention Canada a lot in our movies and our work. I try I play Canadian characters often. Those are very nice sneakers, but kind of a horror show on the soul. So get those feet off the seat. My mom might be sitting there one day. Come on. Giving them some interesting information uh, uh, as to where they're going um, could be additive in people's lives, which is nice. <laughs> So kind of like the Kiki Challenge that we were the forerunners of that, we were, we were also we were the forerunners of this Seth Rogen transit voice deal. It's true. Nobody, um, nobody campaigned harder for this Seth Rogen deal than we did. Now, we didn't actually get Seth to do the voices, but we were, we, we, I think we were somewhat instrumental. I would say so, yeah. Seth, by the way, 
welcome anytime on the podcast. Exactly. Uh, he agreed to voice the announcements for no charge with TransLink paying for the rental of the recording studio and editing services. The messages will be played while passengers board Vancouver SkyTrain, C-Bus, and other forms of transit. And it all happened after the Vancouver Transit System dumped Morgan Freeman as the potential voice after some sexual allegations. Doesn't it feel like they have a very large budget for their bus voices? Here in Denver, we just have Roach, who's great. Yeah, but I think Roach is doing it for free. Right, a news anchor. Um, Did Morgan Freeman do it for free? I don't know. I thought Morgan Freeman was going to do it part of, because he was doing Visa, right? Okay. Wasn't he doing Visa? I think v, I think it was somewhere, some corporate thing, because he was the voice for the corporate thing, and then after the sexual things came out, mm. that everybody dropped him like a hot potato. Hot potato. Yeah, that's accurate. The hottest of potatoes. So there you go. And if you're thinking about going on a late summer trip, Joseph, you might want to take the bus or the train instead. Today is August 1st, and according to a new report from the insurance company Nationwide, August is the deadliest driving month of the year, with people getting into more car crashes this month than at any other time of the year. Hmm. And if you're really looking to get into a crash, then drive tomorrow, August 2nd, because over the past five years, August 2nd, apparently, is the deadliest day of the year to drive. Good luck, America. Don't die tomorrow. <laughs> We're enthusiastic words for me. Did they get into any reasons why that's the case? Just because. They looked at all of the National Insurance Institute data, and they came up with tomorrow, August 2nd, as the day where more people over the past five years have been killed that than any other day. Because there has to be one day right. more than any other day throughout the year. I'm just surprised it is here in the middle of the summer. I mean, this is a big road trip month, right? So I guess that makes sense. It is Sturgis week. Um, so there's a lot of folks heading up to Sturgis. Um, huh. Yeah, well. So there you go. And then they said Fridays between uh, 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, are also pegged as the most aggressive time for drivers. I don't know what aggressive time means, but... Well, and that's outside of rush hour, correct? Well, yeah, basically outside of the rush hour. Interesting. So I don't know why people are so Eager bad. to get on the road. Yeah, here on uh, on a Thursday, August 2nd, mm. between 9 and 4. But for real, stay safe out there. Now for your no-duh headline. Sorry, I should say that better. Now for your no-duh headline. The number of parking tickets issued in Boston spiked after fines went up. You don't say. Hmm. Please tell me something you don't know. Huh. The city increased the fine, and then they, air quotes here, encouraged their meter maids to go out and write more tickets. What a dangerous job that Funny is. Funny how that works. <laughs> Thanks, city of Boston, for looking out for our community and doing the right thing. There are plenty of bad jobs out there, but I feel like there's not many worse than meter made. Since the higher fines were introduced July 2nd, nearly 2,000 more tickets were written in the first 10 days than the same time last year, an increase of almost 6%. Some people say the tickets are written in the first few minutes after the meter is expired. That happened to me one time down here at the bank. It was, I mean, literally two minutes, and boom, I got a ticket. Well, you shouldn't have been parked in an expired meter, I Jason. Should, 
<laughs> the most common violation is parking at an expired meter. Those fines jump from forty dollars up to tw- from twenty five. The second most common violation: parking in residential zones without a permit. Is there a more obnoxious ticket? No, they do that around Mile High Stadium because at Mile High during game days, people like to park in the neighborhoods. Yep. And they have these special requirements that you have to get a residential permit on your car. And if you don't have it, then you can't park there any time. And uh, so they're always busting people over there over on Mile High. Hmm. Um, so the, uh, that fine carry goes up to $60, up from 40 for parking in a residential zone without a permit. Uh, drivers parked in zones marked for daytime street cleaning made up the thirst, third most common violation, carrying the same $40 fine that it had prior to July 2nd. We get a lot of those around here, too. Yeah. See, lots and lots of those. It's true. Uh, with the increased fines, the city is expected to take in for the 35,270 tickets issued at the beginning of July, 35,000 tickets, $1.86 million. Was it worth it? For them, sure. Because the mayor, Martin J. Walsh. Marty. How would Marty talk? Um, I, you can't nope, do the Boston not, thing? Not going there. You can't, you can't do the Kennedy? I don't do it justice. You don't? All right. Uh, he wanted the higher fines so the city could raise an extra $5 million for transportation projects. Because part of the money, about a million and a half dollars, is going to go pay 19 new employees. At an average of about $73,000 per employee. There we go. That's pretty good, huh? Investing in the economy. $2 million will go to road and sidewalk repairs and $300,000 to build bike lanes. How many bike lanes can you build for three hundred grand? Uh, at today's rates, probably two. Okay. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Joseph, more than a quarter of the deaths on the road involve speeding. If that isn't enough to slow you down, then maybe strict enforcement of speeding laws will be more of a deterrent for you. Wallet Hub reviewed the driving laws of each state to find out the worst places to break the speed limit, factoring two major, major categories, speeding, enforcement, and reckless driving penalties. Now, the state that came in with the highest overall score was... No guesses? Colorado? No. Okay. They are in the top five. Okay. Was... Washington. No. Uh, East Coast state, very small. This is great podcasting. Uh, uh, Rhode Island. No, very close. Connecticut. Though. Nope. Maine. Delaware. 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 Yeah. There you go. That would have been number 49 on my Del- list. <laughs> Delaware was number one on the list for laws involving reckless driving penalties. They're pretty high up on the list for speeding enforcement. That's why they topped the list for one of the worst places to speed. After Delaware, the top five in overall score, Colorado. Coming in at number two, then Arizona, New Mexico, and California, which I thought was a little surprising. Virginia was ranked number one for speeding enforcement. After Virginia, for the highest speeding enforcement, ranked Arizona, New Mexico, Illinois, North Carolina, Maryland, and New York. Wow. Making those the worst places to speed in the United States. Arizona and New Mexico, tough on bad drivers. And that research from Wallet Hub also found that almost half of the states use speed cameras to help enforce their speed laws. Hmm. Now, most states have absolute speed limits. Basically, you go over the limit that's posted, and you're breaking the law. Even if it's one mile an hour, right? 
you're you're breaking the, the that's enough for the evidence of conviction right there. While drivers in the remaining states have the chance to actually argue in court whether the speed was actually reasonable or not. Okay. I kind of like that. Okay. Well, sir, I, I think it was okay that I was going 83 miles an hour. I was literally the only person out there. Exactly. I hadn't seen a body for five miles. Yeah, I like it. Now, after one speeding ticket, Alaska, that's the state where your insurance rates will go up the most. Okay. While Illinois is where you'll be closest to a suspension if your license is on the since your license is on the point system, uh, if you get a speeding ticket, that's where you're most likely going to lose your license if you get speeding tickets in Illinois. Wow. Um, the, the point system, I think, is used in most states. Yes, it is. Right? There you go. Don't speed in Delaware or Virginia. Okay. Those are the worst places to go speeding. Good advice. You Good like that? advice. I like I, that. We like to be helpful here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. Especially for all the listeners in Delaware or Virginia. Yes, exactly. And it is Sturgis Week, so we're going to see a lot of bikers heading up that way. I- incidentally, my wife, uh, and so, so my, my wife's sister has one of her best friends from college. She lives in uh, South Dakota. She okay. lives in Rapid. She's like some big deal lawyer or something, whatever, married to a judge in, in Rapid City. Anyway, she, she's having a baby shower. She, the, the sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, wanted to give this, this woman a, a, a baby shower. And so this is the weekend they're doing it. So my wife, my sister-in-law, and their parents are driving on Friday from here, Metro Denver, up to Rapid City, South Dakota, and it is Sturgis Week. Well, that'll be fun. <laughs> Share the road, people. They're going to be right next to all the crazy bikers that are going to be heading to Sturgis for this entire week. If anything, that's going to make the drive more colorful and fun, right? Uh, you would think so. There's going to be a lot of motorcyclists, no and they're going to be going up on Friday and just turning, doing a quick turnaround and coming back on Sunday because the shower is on Saturday. Woof. Yeah, that's quite the haul. It's, it's about six hours because we did it for their wedding which was a couple of years back, um, and went. I think we left on a Thursday and came back on a Sunday, and we mm-hmm. took the kids with us, and it was it was fine. It was it was a nice time. Um, we stayed in Hill City. That sounds like a good time. Oh, it was. It was very old western. Beautiful. There were a lot of bikers around, but it's yeah, it's it's old western. Is it? They worth actually it? closed down that hotel during the winter time because they don't have enough people to uh, fill it. Interesting. And it's a brand new. Uh, it was like a Holiday Inn Express. I mean, it was like one of these really, it was one of the traveler hotels. Uh-huh. You'd see around one of the airports. But it was nice. It was new. they do the breakfast in the morning. South Dakota, where so few people want to visit that they cannot keep hotels in business year-round. <laughs> that might be on the uh, welcome is, sign when you drive into South Dakota. South Dakota in November. Nobody's coming here. <laughs> That's right. Perfect time to visit. Exports, You'll be all alone. Exports only. <laughs> There you have it. And there you have the podcast yes. for another week. Uh, thanks again for being here. If you want to reach out to us, we have emails, we have Twitters, we have all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you, we, we like for you to rate, review, repeat, um, and share and whatever. I, I, I know I'm not saying that right. No, you did. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there, especially on iTunes or wherever you can rate and review and repeat. Uh, the podcast. Until then, uh, until next time, uh, I'm Jason Lipper, the traffic guy. I am the future voice of DIA, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.